Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. God put within every man this, well, it's kind of a God-shaped vacuum. And you can't fill it with anything but God. And if that's not there, life just doesn't make sense. So they're empty. No matter how many good things are in their lives, they're empty. Without a relationship with God, they're empty. Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the, the wisest man, had everything. Listen to what he says. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. So life without God is unfulfilling, it's worthless, it's empty, it's zero, it's futile. A commission is a duty or task that's committed to someone to perform. It's to send someone out on a special mission. The Great Commission is the Christ follower's mission. Though there are many activities and events for the church to get involved in, there is none greater than for us to tell our friends and neighbors God's good news. These are our marching orders. If we are spirit-led and spirit-abiding, we must be willing to do our part for the cause of Christ. This fruitful work comes from rolling up our sleeves and getting our hands dirty in the trenches, not just sitting in the pews. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts chapter 4 for our continuing study entitled, Speak Up. If I would turn right now, and I'm not, so relax. If I would turn to you now and say in a moment, I'm going to pick five people and you're going to tell me, you're going to lead me to Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, but after the service, you'll be able to do it very simply. You see, most people do not know even what to say and they don't know how to say it. I'm going to solve that for you today. I am so excited. Because I'm going to solve that for you today. You know, when you go on a mission trip, short-term mission trip, you used to have to go through this longer class, E-Start, which is a great class. We've shortened it now. So if you go on a mission trip, you have a two-hour class on how to share your faith. Because when you go overseas, it's much easier, actually. More people are open. But I'm going to give you the kind of the short version today and next week. So when you leave this campus today, you're going to learn to speak up about something you know about. And actually how to do it. And then the third reason people, Christians don't share is this. They're afraid to share the good news. They're afraid that people make fun of them. They're afraid that somebody's going to ask them a question that they can't answer. They're afraid people are going to reject them. So what I do want, remember I said many Christians don't know that they've been commanded to share the good news. Speak up. Every Christ follower can share the good news. Every Christ follower can share the good news. You see, anything God calls us to do, he enables us, he empowers us to do. Jesus said, follow me and I, God, will make you fishers of men. God will train you. God will empower you. God will sustain you. God will make you successful. Anything God calls us to do, God enables us to do. Now, I'm going to answer four questions this morning, and I'll start with this one. 
Who, you already kind of got the answer, so it shouldn't be difficult. Notice, who is called to share the good news? If you look at verse 15, he said to them, who's them? Them is you. Raise your hand if you're called to share. If you're a Christian, you're called to share. Now, if you're not a Christian, you have nothing to share. So you don't raise your hand. Okay? Later, you will. So I'm called to share. Every single Christian can share the good news. Now, as you think about that, what does that mean? Well, it is a responsibility, but it is also a great privilege. We get a chance to watch God do something that you and I simply can't do. Now, a few years ago, at one of our elders and pastors retreats, Pastor Dean challenged us, and he said, take out a piece of paper Listen to me now as you, as you grab your, as you guard. And Pastor Dean said this, I want you to write 10 names of people that you know that you want to be in heaven. What does that mean? It means 10 people we know that are not what? They're not saved. They're not Christians. I'm not asking you to do 10. That was a great thing. I'm asking you to do one. I'm asking you to do one. So I want you to begin praying. Praying's a great weapon. And I want you to begin praying about who to invite. Now, I'm not after you inviting someone from First Baptist or CAV in Vieira or the Catholic Church or the Presbyterian Church. I'm asking for you to invite what? A non-believer. A non-believer. So begin thinking, begin praying. And over the next day or two, write that person's name and then find a time to literally speak up and invite them. Now, you can't put your cousin that lives in Colorado Springs. That is not going to work. So you can pray for them, but I want you to do this. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what if I give out the card and I run into somebody else? Can I tell them? No, just one person. Well, of course you can tell them. This is to get you started. Does it make sense? It's just to get you said, we'll have more cars next week. But it's a chance for you to look around and go, wow, I'd like to see them in heaven. I'm going to talk about one thing, how to have an encounter with God. It's going to be fantastic because God wants people to come to him. So we celebrate We don't push, but we share the gospel. God's really been speaking to my heart. We're going to see more people come to Christ than we've ever done before. And we're going to be a place where the word of God spreads, the number of people spread, and the word of God just increases, 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 and more and more and more people come to Jesus Christ. Could I hear an amen? Amen. Do you think we're through? Do you think we're actually through making an impact in our communities? Not a chance. Not a chance. So we have a lot of work to do. So good stuff. So you already got that. Fantastic. Now... When you begin thinking about this, all you have to think about is your circle of influence. Your friends, your family, your co-workers, people you interact with. We take this verse to go into all the world. We take the Great Commission very seriously. In fact, so much so, it's one of our five core values called the five C's. Let me show you one of this value. It says this, communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. Understand. As a pastor, I'm going to be responsible to God if I challenged you to do just that. 
if we're happy just to be a church with kind of the people we have now, and uh, yeah, we'll get a few more people as people have babies, and we just, that's fine, then I'm going to be responsible to God because that's not why we're here. See, if you're breathing this morning, He's left you here for a purpose. One, to look like Him. One, to impact the world like Him. But the third thing is to speak up and share the gospel. So it's a huge responsibility, but it's a fantastic privilege. And it's going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone and be obedient to the heart of God. Now, so who? All of us. Second, what are we called to share? Well, we're called to share the good news because lost people matter to God. Right now, there's 7 billion plus people in our world. God's will is that none of them perish. It isn't hard to see what the heartbeat of Jesus was. When Jesus came, he just didn't say at the beginning, repent and believe, but he shared with his disciples, and I want to share with you this morning, his mission, his mission. Look at what Jesus said. It's huge. Luke 19.10, Jesus speaking, for the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, what does it mean by seek? To go out. So the person that's going to take the, the, the initiative to speak up is you and me. We're, we're going to take those steps of boldness as God opens the door. Jesus went. He lived in the marketplace of life. Most of Jesus' ministry was not in the temple. It was outside where people were where normal people are. That's why we do all these things, light up a beer. That's why we did the fall fest. That's why we do all of these kind of outreaches. But see, you're in a place where you meet people every single day because you're working, you're on the ball fields, you're on the soccer fields, you're on wherever, and you're shopping, and we're meeting people. So we want to we wanna be this witness. We want to live with godly character, yes, but we have to seek out opportunities to share the good news with our mouths. Now, what kind of people... When we share lost people, what do lost people look like? What are they thinking? Let me, let me give you a little clue. As a pastor, any pastor, uh, you have to know who you're speaking to. I'll give you a little clue if you want to be a pastor. So I have to know who I'm speaking to. Now, when, when Linda and I go to India, I, I go to a seminary. And then there's 400 to 600 students. They're three-year seminary. They're all believers. So when I go to India, and I'll do that again in, in uh, February, when I go and speak for three days, I speak about 12 times in three days to these guys. Then they just zip back so I don't miss but one Sunday and come back to you guys. When I speak there, would I give an altar call? No, because they're already all what? Believers. So I have to know who I'm speaking to. Now, who am I speaking to this morning? Believers, unbelievers, people that have fallen away from God, people that are hurting Lots of people hurt, lost loved ones, difficult, angry at God. You're facing a surgery next week. People without hope, angry. People have lost people. They're angry at God because they've lost. See, that, that's who I speak to every week. So here's the, here's the connection. As you share with a friend that you know is an unbeliever, what are they thinking? You need to know that so you know how to approach them. Let me tell you two things that we know about unbelievers. Number one, when we studied 1 John, we learned this verse. Let me give you the verse. 1 John five nineteen. The verse says this, We know that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. All unbelievers are under the control of Satan, but they don't know it. 
They think they're free. They're not free. No man can serve two masters. There's only one. You either serve God or you're serving Satan. Our unbelieving friends absolutely do not know that. See, it's spiritual warfare. They would never say to you, well, I'm, I'm under the power of Satan. They wouldn't even know what that means. They're clueless. Second, all unbelievers, the Bible tells us, are blinded by Satan's deception and his lies, and they don't know it. See, because they're under the power of Satan, because they're blinded to the truth of Satan, that's why we must speak up. But see, I have to know that. Now, I'm not going to take the card and go to my friend and say, I want to invite you to the Christmas Eve service because my pastor says you're blinded by Satan. (laughs) No, that isn't, that isn't wise up, that's stupid up. (laughs) Well, you're under the control of Satan. No, we don't, we're not out condemning people. We're not speaking condemnation. We're out conversing with people, the grace of God. So be careful. This is just so you understand. These people do not know that it's a spiritual warfare, and they're absolutely under the control of Satan. And they'll sit in a service, and the gospel's presented because Satan has blinded their eyes. Now, you can't unblind their eyes. Either can I. The Word of God is powerful, though. Powerful than any two-edged sword. God can open blinded eyes. That's why we pray for these people Even after we hand the invite out, we continue to pray for them. Only God can do that. Now, let me give you four things, and I want you to write them down, that we know from Billy Graham and many others is biblical, and I'll go through them in a moment. What four things, basically, are unbelievers like? So you can write it like this. Speak up. Every unbeliever is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Now, let me share with you how that looks. By the way, Billy Graham has added a fifth. I like it. You can just add this kind of as a side note if you want, that every unbeliever discovers that stuff doesn't satisfy. In other words, if I get a new promotion, if I get a new car, if I get a new house, bigger, better, never eventually satisfies. So you can see why they're going to feel empty. They have all the stuff. So let's just talk about empty. Now, again, don't be stupid. You're not going to go to somebody and say, are you empty, lonely, guilty, or afraid of death? Which one of those? Let me see how we go here. No, but this is what they are. Now, what does empty mean? Empty means this. Life does not consist in the abundance of things. Stuff never fulfills. Now, understand as you think about that, they're empty. They're absolutely empty because God put Within every man, this, well, it's kind of a God-shaped vacuum. And you can't fill it with anything but God. And if that's not there, life just doesn't make sense. So they're empty. No matter how many good things are in their lives, they're empty. Without a relationship with God, they're empty. Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the, the wisest man, had everything. Listen to what he says. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. So life without God is unfulfilling. It's worthless. It's empty. It's zero. It's futile. Lonely. Lonely. Do you know people can be in a crowd at a Super Bowl and be lonely? Do you know that people will be with 30 people at a house, a great party, and they'll still be lonely? I guarantee you, I absolutely know it. There are people sitting here and they're lonely. You're around thousands of people. Many of you are married. 
You know what I hear from marriage counseling so often? If my husband or if my wife would simply pay attention to me, I'm so lonely. Could that be your problem? By the way, little side issue, this is extra credit. Why did God create marriage? It is not good for man to be alone. If that's your problem and your husband that's insensitive, your wife that's insensitive, you need to go to your spouse and say, man, how could you be lonely? I'm sorry. Let's get it together. But see, man is lonely for one huge reason. When you became a Christian, you got to follow this. This is really special. When you became a Christian, who came to live in you? God came to live. So do you have God in you this morning? How long is he there? Forever. So can you ever be lonely? No, you cannot be. Why is an unbeliever lonely? Because they don't have God in them. Woo, that's powerful. Understand that. They won't understand that, but you need to understand it. Now, I may be lonely because I don't have another person, but bottom line, I can never be lonely because I have God living. That's why Jesus said he's going to send you another comforter, another one to be in you. And last, the unbeliever is afraid of death. Now, there's nobody here. Don't kid yourself. There's a universal fear of death. Nobody here really wants to die. If you do, there's a problem with depression or some kind of issue. Because the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Could I hear an amen? I mean, does that mean life's perfect? No, it's difficult. But this is the day the Lord, we should be rejoicing. So... Nobody really wants to die, but we're going to die. You well know that. Now, how do I know that I'm going to die? How does this person know they're going to die? Because God has put eternity in the heart. You hear a lot of unbelievers say this to you. They don't even know you're thinking, oh, well, no, when I die, I just go in the ground, that's it. Oh, they know better. Because God has put eternity in their heart. They know after they die, they'll say to you, well, that's it. I got on the ground and the worms just eat us up and that's it. Or I come back, I come back as another person or whatever. No, they know after they die, there's something. There's life after death. They know that. Now, it's interesting to me. Many of you know about CNN and Ted Turner. I talked to you about before, but I want to mention it again. All his life, nothing about God. God's foolishness, those of you that are Christians out there, what an idiot you are, you need a little crutch or whatever, you're stupid, there's no God or whatever. All of a sudden, we see these headlines from Ted Turner, multi-billionaire, he says this, if there is a heaven, that's new, if there is a heaven, I want to go there. Now, why the change? Because he's 75, (laughs) and there's a lot more behind him than in front of him. I'm making fun, but that's exactly why. Over the last few, about the last month, Pastor Dave did a funeral and I did another funeral for young men in their 20s. At the funeral were lots of young people. What I always talk about at a funeral with that, where are you going to go when you die? See, 20-year-olds never think about it, but when one of theirs is here, they think about it. You need to think about it. Because you're going to die. They're thinking about it, but they don't even want to address that. So everybody starts when you're born as a sinful person. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, sin was taken and transferred to the DNA of humans. So you and I are born with a sin nature. So here's the one thing that's really important when you share with an unsafe person. You can share with them, I've been 
where you are. Every person that was ever born is born a what? Tell me this morning. A sinner. So you were born a sinner. And what does that mean? I just told you what that means. Empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. So every single person is born a sinner. Now, what does sin do? This is, so you need to understand this. What does sin do? It separates, it separates from a holy God. So if I look at that picture and I want to go to heaven, I want to have forgiveness, I want to have freedom, I want to have purpose, what, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to bridge the gap. And you'll see that in a moment. I'm, I'm trying to bridge the gap. Now, they may not understand forgiveness and freedom, but when you put like heaven, okay. Especially if you're 70 and plus. Or you go to, and you begin thinking about it, because you know life's like that. Now, if I don't solve this problem, what result do I get? What's death right here? What's death? Pastor Mike, you think I'm really going to die? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to die. Go ahead. Just tell the neighbor right now. You can do it with a smile. You are going to die. Right? Okay. So I know I'm going to die. Watch me and I'll show you in a moment. So I'm going to try to bridge the gap. It'll make a lot of sense to you. Sinful people, that was all of us. So I want to bridge this gap to God. How do I do it? Well, the number one way people do it is the first thing you see up there. If you go to a person who's an unbeliever, this has been proven out millions of times. The number, if you say to a person, when you die, why will you go to heaven? The number one answer is this, because I may say it with me, I'm a good person. Then why did God in Ephesians say, no good people go to heaven? Because he knew that would be the excuse, the lie from Satan. See, good people don't go to him. You, how good is good? Well, if I'm better than that one, really? No, good is perfect. You, you, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. So the world does not understand that. They simply think if they're good enough, they'll go. But the Bible says, you can't be good. If, if I could be good enough, then why did Jesus come? There'd be no reason. So it has nothing to do with me. I can't be good enough. I, I'm going to do this really quickly, but I want you to see that this thing of good enough started right at the beginning. Watch me. Watch me. This is very powerful. Now, you're not going to use this to explain to other people, but you're going to see it. When Adam and Eve were put in the garden... God said to them, don't touch that one tree. The rest of them are yours. Don't touch that one tree. If you do, surely you will. You'll die. Adam and Eve did it. They wanted to be like God. The minute they did it, they, they had been naked and enjoying relationships as a husband and wife. And all of a sudden, they were guilty. See, if you're guilty, you have a sin nature. How do you know you're going to be empty, lonely, guilty? Why are you guilty? Because the Bible says in Romans... Chapter 2, that God put a conscience in you. And we know by nature we're guilty. As we listen to today's message, we were taught to be a part of the Great Commission. We are to speak up. Every person is created with a need for God, and only God can fill that need. 
Unbelievers are empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. And as Christ followers, we know the way to fill these needs. We, as Christ followers, are commanded to speak up and share the good news. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Put a bookmark in your Bibles and tune in next time as we learn from Pastor Mark how to share the good news with unbelievers. Pastor Mark continues to challenge us to go and speak up. People need to hear the gospel so they know that they have a choice to make, heaven or hell. But if we don't go and tell them about Jesus, they will continue to live without Him. Will you be a part of the Great Commission? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.